0: Welcome to Season 2 of Talkin' Turns, where we take turns talking, and the talk takes a turn. I'm your host, George Knapp. Just a friendly reminder, this show contains adult content and is for mature audiences only. So, hi Mike.
1: George, what's going on?
0: Well, after many, many minutes of trying to fix a technical problem that could have just been a USB port acting weird, or it could have been heat, or it could have been bad luck, or good luck.
1: Could have been altitude.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's it. My computer has altitude sickness. We are now recording a podcast. This is my buddy, Mike. Mike and I have known each other for 24 years, eight months, and three days.
1: Something like that.
0: (laughs) It was summertime, so that's pretty close. So what's up, man?
1: Just glad to have you in Nashville. It's always a pleasure when you come up from the lowlands to Asheville.
0: Yeah. They are the lowlands for many reasons. Yeah. Okay. So what brought you to Asheville, Mike?
1: Uh, what brought me to Asheville? Well, I I uh, worked for Alcoa for years and years. I worked for Alcoa for like 25 years. And uh, one of those journeys took me to Toledo, Ohio. And I built a plant with George in Toledo. And if, when I went to Toledo, I was pretty sure I would be there from like two to four years Turned, I was turned out. I was there for 21 years, and uh, raised all our kids there. And then, when the last one was getting close to leaving for college, I received this little notice in the mail that said, "Your sentence in Toledo, Ohio, has been commuted, <laughs> and and you can go anywhere you want." So we started looking for a place to go to. Both Doris, my wife, and I wanted to live for the south because we were pretty tired of the cold cold winters. And pretty tired of uh, Toledo, which is very, very flat. It's a lovely place, but it's very flat. And so we started looking south, and uh, Asheville seemed to fill the bill. So we've been here about um, three years now, and uh, exploring Asheville, and really like the town. It's got a lot to offer. It's a, it's a beautiful town. It's about the right size for us. It has beautiful mountains, good hiking, and then it's got the uh, additional benefit of good food, good beer, and good music and so George tends to like to come up for I, I, I like to think a he comes up, I like to think he comes up for the friendship but in reality I'm pretty sure it's the beer and the food and the music
0: yeah I come up here for a respite um, I don't have a lot of friends or people that I consider to be close friends at you least close two. enough to you stay their house right <laughs> I, so I have two friends <laughs> no offense to all my other friends that are listening Two friends who I feel comfortable staying at their home. One is Mike and the other one's Dennis. So I um, do feel comfortable here. They're very good hosts and we have fun. So it is nice to get away from the lowlands, even though the drive can be a pain in the ass on a Friday because I'm not the only one trying to get away from the lowlands on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, so we met back, like we talked about, about 25 years ago. Um, We've see each other more frequently now that mike lives closer uh there was a point in time when we were busy raising families and doing other stuff where we only saw each other maybe once a year yeah. once every couple years but we've always kept in touch and uh we have a lot in common and so we're i'm just rambling and we don't really have a topic here so okay we have to kind of z- learned, to kind I've of learned. zen or zone ourselves here go ahead you've learned yeah, I've,
1: I've learned that that uh when i retired i wasn't actually living my own retirement What I learned from George was I was living his dream. So I do like to uh, send him texts every once in a while with what I'm doing up here. And usually that response, I get a fuck you response on the text. (laughs) And I hate you. And you're living my dream. And stop doing it. You
0: stole my dream. Yes. I mean, I actually literally, as a child, uh, when I visited the Carolinas, said, you know, one of the places I'd like to retire would be the mountain areas of North Carolina. And then when I got older and got into... Music and beer and all those other kind of things, mm-hmm. um, that narrowed the field down. From I didn't want to be in some rural shit town in the mountains. I wanted to be in a nice artsy place. And guess what? That's where you are.
1: It's it all worked out. It all my, it worked your out. Dream, my dream worked your out dream, Your dream, worked out very yeah, well for me. I
0: appreciate that. So, Mike, you're into tennis. <laughs>
1: yeah. So and I watched you play uh,
0: tennis I've, today, and so that was that fun. Was very exciting. It's actually very cathartic for me to play te- to watch you play, not play to watch you play tennis because I'm feeling older every minute. And a bunch of people my age or older were playing, and they weren't moving really super quick, and they weren't jumping really super high, but they were still active and good and entertaining yeah. to watch. So um, it kind of gave me a uh, positive vibe about, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not the only one with aches and pains, and it isn't fast when they chase grandchildren or a tennis ball or can't jump, yeah, or, you know. what two inches. More than, well, yeah, I'm not sure that there was actually any air between the bottom of your feet and in the, in the pavement, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, one of the things that's been very nice about uh, Asheville is, is the climate. So so this past winter, I was able to play tennis outdoors all the way through the winter. And I found a guy that I hit with that, um, he's a younger guy, he's kind of crazy, and he's he's willing to hit even on days when it's raining. So if we, we'll play in the cold and we'll play in a, when it's a little bit wet. Right through the year, and that's nice.
0: That sounds like some uh, a new knee someday
1: on the wet. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It, that's actually right. I mean, so during the winter, even though I played all the winter, my knee hurt, my hip hurt, and uh, that all got a little bit better once it got warm. It got to be April, May, and and uh, everything felt a little better. So, yeah, just trying to keep keep active. The other thing I do in my spare time here it takes a lot of my spare time is. Uh, about three months after we got here, I was actually in Columbus reading my email, and I came across an email from the Asheville Tennis Association, and and normally I that sort of email I would just toss and not read, but I was like, ah, oh, I'll read this, I'm retired. So I read down through the email, and basically three quarters of the way through the email there's a one-liner that said Asheville High was looking for a tennis coach, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure they're looking for me, I'm the tennis coach. So I called them, and so I now coach the uh, men's and the women's guys and the girls' teams at Asheville High, and that's a lot of fun. It takes a bit of more time than I'd like it to take, but um, the players are really, really good, and so we've had good success with that team.
0: Cool. So you live actually in Weaverville, yeah, which is a suburb of Asheville. Also known as Whiteyville. Yeah. So you live with a really nice – it's like a giant retirement community that was – not on purpose. I mean cuz Weaverville, Weaverville I think has been around for Oh, I think it's 100 years, years 100, yeah, yeah, 150 yeah. years. So, but the um specific area Mike lives in is is brand new. And uh Weaverville's cool. It's got it's also has restaurants and it has bars got restaurants, and, and it's got three some live music. It's got
1: three breweries, got a little bit of music. Right. So, it's a nice it's a nice small town.
0: Yeah. It's a nice small town and not a far drive from some parks, some hiking areas, yep. you know, so you can look out your back door at the mountains. It is very, uh, it is a very nice place to come visit. So, um, there's a plug for Weaverville. I don't have to be all about Asheville, even though the AVL is 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 great. So, and let's see. Mike and I always talk about politics a lot. We get aggravated at the same things. So I don't know if we want to get into that because we're just going to sound like each other.
1: That's um, okay. That's okay. Everybody Mike, get out and vote in 2020.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Everybody. Well, not everybody. <laughs> everybody that's that's right-minded needs to vote in twenty twenty. But yeah, the numbers say that the more people that vote, the better the Democrats do.
1: The better the outcome.
0: And I don't understand uh, why they don't focus more on that and less on all the infighting and other stuff. But we won't get into trashing Tom Perez because I think history will trash him plenty. We don't they they'll need our input for that. Wow.
1: We should talk about what we've done while we're here in Nashville. So we talk about the adventures we usually
0: have in Asheville. Yeah. So, yeah. So we could talk about our adventures in Toledo, but we can't. Yes.
1: Exactly. Those have been, <laughs> those, those have been expunged. Those, reco- those, 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 those records have been, have been sealed, yeah, they? Yeah, they, they've been expunged.
0: They've yes. been expunged. So, so those are redacted. Yeah. Uh, so we can't talk about those, but we can pick up with the day Mike moved to that, to into Asheville. Well, actually even before that, Because I remember when this house was a frame, and you guys lived in the condos.
1: Yes, so we built a house in Weaverville, and and so we lived in an apartment complex for six months. And George and Andy came and visited us during that time. And I think I think they went to uh, Biltmore on that first visit, but I'm not really sure they went to Biltmore. Yeah, Andy
0: and Doris Doris went went to to Biltmore, Biltmore, and you and I crawled the bars. Yeah,
1: crawled, yeah, crawled the bars.
0: Yeah, we did the. Uh, my favorite bar, which is the—I always call it the Green Man, but it's not the.
1: It is Green Man. It's Dirty Jacks. Dirty Jacks in the Dirty Green Man Brewery. In the right. Green Man Brewery. Right.
0: And uh, and that I don't mind plugging because it is an awesome place. And then um, we ended up going to some place where I bought like twelve dollars a bottle beer that was aged in a wine cask or some crap. I don't. Know, some fucking story. Yes. But really, what it was was the beer. Beermeister was a good-looking woman, and she convinced me to spend all this money on beer. Yeah, we
1: went to Funkatorium that day. Yeah. And Funkatorium is part of Wicked Weed, which uh, most people know if they've come to Asheville. But it focuses on sours. And uh, so George and I, it was, I think I was our last stop. Yes. Was of, I think we did three breweries that day. It was our last stop. Because
0: I think Doris and Andy picked us up on the way back from the Biltmore because we were not we were drinking and not driving.
1: <laughs> yes, maybe.
0: No, I do <laughs> yeah. remember. They were there. They were there at the very end. They were there at the... What the hell are you doing buying yeah. a so we got $250 to, case of beer?
1: So we got to Funkatorium and uh, the the, the, uh, the bar keep was this gal who was actually a brewer and she was just working behind the bar because it was busy that day.
0: Or and she was uh, looking for a sucker to buy a $250 oh, case of beer.
1: So we, we, we actually drank normal beers, but she kept sampling us more and more sours, kind of worked us into the, into the genre and slowly sucked us in and... George went off to the bottle shop and bought a case, and came back and told me he'd spent one hundred twenty-five dollars on 12, 12 beers. That oh, was more than that, and, but yeah, I think and, or whatever. And yeah. I, I assumed he was joking, and he said uh, he was going to. Uh, Doris and Andy were still at Biltmore, so he was going to text her just to get a rise out of her. And uh, in fact, in in fact, um,
0: so that was uh, Mike's daughter Seville calling, and some kind of financial transaction involving a credit card. I won't get into the details because I don't know the details. I just overheard Mike's half of the conversation. Yeah. but uh, And so that brings up a, a little turn in our talk here we can make is about kids and how cool it is to be a dad sometimes, but how it's so stereotypical that when there's a problem or a financial request, it seems to always go to dad. Yeah. And when it's a, uh, you know, other conversation, it goes to mom. So mom gets yeah. all the cool dirt and the fun news then she
1: gets the bills yeah <laughs> yeah that, we have uh Doris and I have two kids and they Seville lives in New York City. she's going to law school and then Anna is in Los Angeles so they are other ends of the country from us and George is absolutely right. I usually get the calls that have to do with with uh, financial stuff if they need anything so usually it's the younger daughter that I'm talking to about that and kind of a funny thing happened I don't know maybe only three four weeks ago. She called me in the morning, and it's very unusual for her to call me in the morning. So that you know gets my heart rate jacked up about about a hundred percent. And uh, the the next day when she called me, I said, "Okay, here's here's the deal. If you call me at an off time, you need your first words out of your mouth need to be I'm every, okay. Everything's right. just fine. Everything, I'm okay. Right. <laughs> and I'm just calling you to tell you either something good news or to get more money <laughs> for something. So I do always take the calls and, uh, and, and, uh, and I, and of course I appreciate the calls. And, uh, so, and it's hardly ever any bad news. It's usually just normal. Here's some good news or, or, or she can't find Doris on the phone or, or she needs some money for something.
0: Yeah. And she's a super bright, uh, super nice, lovely human being and quite a overachiever. Uh, she's, she's you're lucky to have her. I know you love her. I mean, I love her and she's not even my daughter. Um, She used to think I was Mike's imaginary friend because she was a baby the last time Mike and I had more constant contact. And then in between times when Mike and I would get together, it would usually be like if I was traveling or he was traveling. So there was never any um, visual evidence that I existed. So by this time she's already in undergrad
1: I think it was all the way to last Until, summer when, well, she was, was, yeah. when she was right. out so of she, at, she was right. graduating. Exactly. You're right. And You're she, absolutely and right. And she finally got to meet you in person.
0: And so I am known as the imaginary friend yes. who's actually real. And then uh, your older daughter, Anna Faith, is getting married in October. So we're looking forward to that. That's going to be in Cincinnati, one of my favorite cities in the world because I went to school there.
1: It's going to be – uh, It's going to be. should be a good affair. Wedding at a church, receptions at a brewery. And so a, allegedly,
0: all I'm not allowed to go to the reception if I don't go to the mass. So. That's
1: absolutely right. We're, we're, punching, we're punching tokens at the church. Well, I have before, an angel token now. So. Both before and after the service. Right. They have two punches to say that you got there and you stayed the whole time. And then you're admitted to the brewery.
0: So we'll find out whether the thing about uh, churches burning down when the Antichrist walks in or not is, is real. No, I've obviously been to church before so far, none of them. The only one that's ever burned down is Notre Dame, but it was like six years after I was there, so it took a while. It was smoldering. It took a while. It took a while to get to get the full fledged uh, thing going. So that's fatherhood, I guess. I mean, you all know about well, maybe not all of your our listeners know about my five kids and five grandkids that I talk about all the time. But if you want to find out more about them, listen to all the other podcasts. Do you still do you still watch like tonight? Are we? Are you going to force me to watch the? Uh, um, cold open for the Saturday Night Live, like you do every Saturday when I come here.
1: Unfortunately, they don't have them in the summer,
0: oh, so sorry. we're not
1: going to watch a Cold Open unless they have re unless they have oh, repeats.
0: No, that's great. No, that's fine. I don't need to. I I haven't watched Saturday Night Live other than with Mike and other than the Cold Open in I don't know, since high school.
1: Is that right? Yeah, I think it's. I've as, never liked it, as, and I've never. Wow. I've
0: you know. I, I think there, they some, have some, some of the best.
1: I think they have some of the best. Comedians on there, right? Okay, now. cool.
0: So we found something we disagree about. So go ahead, yeah. tell and Kate McKinnon. Preach.
1: Kate McKinnon is unbelievable. She can do anybody. I mean, she 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 can do Hillary. She did Hillary for, I guess it was the debates with Trump or in, in 2016. She's done. She does Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She does a fantastic Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She her best impression currently is Elizabeth Warren. Really? So really I think who I want to vote for is I want to vote for Kate McKinnon <laughs> doing Elizabeth Warren right? cuz she is so good. She's got all the mannerisms the, and everything. She's got the hand motions down. Because you know cuz Liz, Liz is kind of We fight, we fight. Let's yeah. go, we fight.
0: And she's got the whole kind of uh um hyperthyroid thing going on. I mean, you look at Liz Warren and you think of there's something medically slightly off because mm. she's almost got too much energy.
1: She has tons I of mean, energy.
0: I mean, I'm not saying no offense, um, you know, I would much rather have Liz Warren. Yeah, she's got uh, a lot. President, she's got a, you know.
1: She's got a lot of energy. But uh
0: she's got some serious hyper energy. I mean yes. like like super speed. I'm but still Kay, not, I'm Kay still not McKinnon, gonna watch it though. <laughs> Kate McKinnon also did uh <laughs> I'm still She did Jeff
1: sessions. It. She was the oh, Jeff yeah, sessions yeah. And- while while Alex Baldwin was doing Trump, right, and uh, and
0: uh, what's her name uh, was doing? Um,
1: oh yeah, uh, I forget the the, the guy was
0: with the you know yeah the communications person before Sarah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Rosie Marty? O'Donnell
0: was it? Rosie O'Donnell? No, no it it's was like um,
1: Ma- Mary.
0: Mary, Mary. She's a, she's an
1: actress slash comedian. Mm-hmm. And then uh, De Niro was doing Mueller. Yeah, he was doing a good job at that. He looks a lot a lot like De Niro. Like a, lot, a, lot, like, a lot like Robert Mueller. There you go.
0: Well, they're both Robbers, so I think if to be called Robert, you have to look the same. Is yeah, that yeah, the had way the works? Square
1: words? jaw. Yeah, the big square jaw.
0: Because I look like George Washington, right? Or Yeah,
1: no. George Lopez. Like the, you look like him. Or the, <laughs> if George Washington the, and George the Lopez... Ver- the Arab version if, if, of George if, Washington. If George Washington and George
0: Lopez had a child, yes, that's maybe, what I'd look maybe, like. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, but... Um, so that's interesting. I mean, I just... It, Saturday Night Live's always been a enigma to me in the sense that when I was younger, I mean, obviously I loved Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and Bill Murray, but not, I liked them outside of Saturday Night Live. I didn't like them oh. in Saturday Night Live so much. Um, I mean, there were some funny, you know, Land Shark. that's a classic, those kind of yeah. things, some of those, but, I think it's, and I then think Eddie it's Murphy's, so intu- Eddie Murphy's Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, yeah. racist as fuck by today's standards. Yes. But funny. but funny as shit funny. Yes. by yesterday's standards. I think
1: they do um, a lot of stuff. I think, What's interesting to me is they do a lot of stuff that doesn't work, and then they 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 try it, and then they do a few things that work incredibly Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, and so it's a real hit and miss. Yeah, I mean when uh, you know Dana
0: Carvey did W. Oh, I mean that was just unbelievable. uh, It was like if you closed your eyes, it was it was W sitting in your living room. Unbelievable. So I mean, I'm not saying it's a completely shit show, but you're right. I think the gaps between excellence and experimentation. You know, and maybe that's their whole shtick is to be a little avant-garde by trying things. But you know, as you can tell by this podcast, I edit the fuck out of it, and yeah. the main reason is I don't want to try. I don't. I want to try new things, but I want them to be of of reasonable of, quality. of a reasonable quality. A reasonable right. Quality. I'm not willing just to put it out there, but I guess it is live, so you don't have any fucking choice. Yeah. You know, you can't edit something live. Yeah. So
1: they, that's did, this podcast. Do they, do will, actually... this
0: podcast will never stream. The only time this podcast would stream <coughs> would be from the would be from the uh, Greenman Brewery in Asheville. If you're listening, yeah. we would stream live from your place mm-hmm. um, if the right crowd was there and if the right soccer match was on and if the right beer was being poured by the right bartender. There you go. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. <laughs> mm. So yeah, that would be worth to do live though. Anything live? I'm not sure. If know,
1: it, is Saturday Night Live live or is it or is it? Or is it done at like at five in the afternoon? Or do you think well, it's I, live? yeah, I think it's well, it's
0: live. it's live. Is I think it. I, I think, think it it's is live. Yeah, I think it's live. Live because they, because yeah. they mess it up enough.
1: Yeah, and I think he, it's
0: live. Live, and I think that I don't know. I'd be interesting to look because I think when you like go to New York City, that that you know the tickets. Because like if you go to Colbert or something, yeah, they tape it at five or five six o'clock. or whatever, right? Yeah. But I think if you go to Saturday Night Live, I think it's live. Live.
1: I was watching uh, a little few clips of Anderson um, Cooper. Interviewing Colbert, Colbert, right. Colbert this yeah. week, and it was quite interesting because Colbert was talking about how how often in the last three years they've had to tear up their script about a half an hour before the show right. went on because, because things to are so dynamic. Right? So every day something crazy happens in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and they're trying to respond to that. Right, and, but and because if it, you
0: don't, I mean, it's there's 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 a couple schools of thought. And I don't know that we've talked about this, so we'll talk about it now on the podcast. But I know I've talked about it with other people, my other friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you give oxygen to that thing that's living in the White House yeah. by reporting. But if you don't report it, you're not doing your job because it's so audacious and ridiculous that the American people need to see it, need to hear it, whatever. Well, it's So, great- you know, there's a fine line between... Feeding it oxygen and, and 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 doing your job as a journalist, I, yeah. I don't know where that goes.
1: I mean, for yeah. at least the 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 talk shows, the late night talk shows, mm-hmm. it's such a source of jokes.
0: Well, it's, it's fodder, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, just fodder. So fodder. they have to right. they
1: have to respond to it because it's such great material. Right, and if they, they, they don't do, do it, it somebody else will. Course. And then it's
0: their competition. People start listening to the other guy because the other guy does it and they don't. Yeah, it would have to be like a mass boycott. It literally all it of media be, would have to get together and agree not to,
1: cover. Not, to not to cover it anymore.
0: Which I think would be a strategy if they could pull it off. I don't think they could because obviously of the, the fucks network. But yeah. I think that, you know, that would be kind of a strategy because he's like a petulant child. And the best thing to do with a petulant child is just ignore him.
1: It is amazing. I've probably watched CNN. But they probably a
0: nuclear war some fucking crazy ass shit. Because right. gotcha. then you'd have to cover it. would be like, all right, right. you're not going to cover this? Well, racism I, isn't good enough for you. I'll give you a nuclear fucking war. You
1: know? I've probably watched CNN pretty intently for five, six years, something like mm-hmm. that. And it is just amazing now that it it really is just wall to wall coverage of Trump. Yeah. There's not there's nothing else going right. there's very little else going on right. in the world unless there's a right. shooting mm-hmm. or something really dramatic. Right. A that's tsunami all they're, that's, or that's something. has they're to talking be about. like mass death. That is all they're talking events. about. It's, it really it, it sucks MS, every in, yeah, every ounce of coverage.
0: And that's unfortunate because, you know, like we watch MSNBC. We don't yes. watch CNN. Although I love Anderson Cooper, but yes, yeah, the same kind of thing with us. I mean, I read a lot of. I get most of my news from the internet because of reading, because I can't get it on the television because of that. And so, yeah, I, you don't you know, get a very even, broad. Even, things, a very that are, broad even things that are very broad spectrum of news relevant. You know, the 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 story about the congresswomen in Israel that thing was not highly. It, it was, and it was all done through the lens of the president. It wasn't done through the lens of international politics or our relationship with Israel or yes. the the congresswomen themselves. It was done in, when it was covered. It was covered through that lens. You know, the, the nuclear um, um, powered rocket that exploded in Russia. Yes. That was all print media to get any yes. depth. I mean, all they basically said is this happened. Yes. You know, CNN, MSNBC, all of them. This happened today but they didn't get into why it's no important deaths. no no what's, background what, no what background was the information actual project what what's the what's the ramifications of the project you know those kind of things and uh, you know i think that's that does the world a disservice i think it does americans a disservice because the election is going to be all about liking or disliking one person it's going to all come down to how many people vote and how many of those people like or dislike or tolerate or whatever certain person's behavior and, and there's a lot of other issues. We've got the deficit. We've got these endless wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've Our got climate change. Climate change. We've got <laughs> education issues. We've got, you know, income guns. disparity. We've got guns. We've got hate, xenophobia, homophobia, every phobia that you could fucking have. I mean, fear really is like the main motivator. Fear is driving everything, everything right now. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a central, central element of what's going Even on. Even the stock market. Yes. You know. It's crazy. So do you want to
0: share with my audience your conspiracy theory about the stock market? Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah. not far fetched. It's not like tinfoil hat. No, I think you know, this it's is probably more like maybe paper mache hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, well one of the things that has surprised me is how loose Trump has been with talking about things. And he doesn't talk he of course does not talk about things in very measured terms. He talks about them very bluntly. And I'm not all against that. I don't mind people talking about things bluntly. However, when you're the president it has really big 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 implications so the tariffs that are going on with china i thought were really interesting and when trump uh, i think now 2 weeks ago said he was going to impose an additional 10% tariffs on everything stock market i think lost 750 points that day right and about 4 days later or maybe which maybe is still
0: five, only 2% of its value so yes, i mean that, it's like you know 700 <clears throat> people forget 750 points in 1985 right, would have was, been a crash
1: yeah And about five days later, he backed that off and said, "Well, we're not going to we're going to delay that at least for a majority of things until Christmas time." And the stock market went racing back up. And I had the epiphany that either Trump or some of his cohorts are going to be making a ton of money on that. That Mm. he must have learned by now how how much he he can can affect the volatility, right? You can swing it down, you can swing it down. And again, to my
0: comment about, well, it's only 2.5%, but 2.5% of how many trillion is in the market, it's it's trillions. Yeah. It's double-digit trillions, I think. So So, it would
1: be very interesting to – I I don't know who really tracks that other than the SEC and how how closely they monitor um, cohorts of Trump or Trump himself.
0: Or his kids.
1: uh, Yeah, of course, his kids. As to whether they're trading on that information prior Mm. to it happening, because it would be so easy for them to make megabucks by doing that.
0: But considering, you know, here, here was my – so my response to Mike when he, he threw this at me yesterday, I had two responses. The first response was, that sounds very plausible and well within the moral or lack, amoral lack ba- boundaries <laughs> boundaries of the president's uh, worldview. Um, my second response was, it doesn't matter because he hasn't paid for the crimes he's already committed. So there's no, there's, there's, there's no downside for him. If, yeah. he's, if he's doing it accidentally – it's going to continue to f- fuel the income separation and his campaign and his his popularity among the wealthy that help him. Get I think he's skeezy enough. If he's doing it he's on doing it purpose. purpose, and if he's doing it on purpose, he's going to get rich, but he's not going to go to jail for it because he's not going to go to jail for any of the crimes he's committed. Right. Even if he loses in twenty twenty, you know, everybody says, "Oh, if he loses, the statute of limitations on obstruction, you know, are there seven, it's eight years, seven years, six years, five years, whatever it is, he's going to go go down or for um, campaign." violations, you yes. know, with paying off the um, prostitutes and my, my and, cousin. And your cousin's Stephanie cousin, Stephanie Clifford. And um, and I'm saying bullshit to all that. There's no way No, I believe no right. they they that, will that, whoever, that, no matter
1: who wins part of the thing's gonna be to just, heal, the country, yeah, heal the country and they're
0: gonna use that as an excuse, just like with Nixon, to say look we're not throwing the motherfucker in jail. Yeah. We're not gonna even prosecute him. We're not gonna it, fine
1: him. I, I think it would be a bad I I think it is it would be a bad precedent. For moving for precedence, for moving forward, right. uh, because
0: so what's the I think, the, I think that but, would happen
1: every time you transitioned, they would some way go after the prior president and, and prosecute him for something.
0: Yeah, but the the so if impeachment is is supposed to be the remedy, but it's ineffectual because we typically don't have a House and Senate that are both majority super majorities of yes. either party. So, impeachment exists, but it's a tool that may not ever be employable again. Yes. Okay. And and then if there is no post-presidency accountability, jail, fines, whatever, then does that leave the door open for presidents to do what the fuck they want?
1: Probably. Probably. Unfortunately, yes. So, I think you're just dependent on making good selections of people that have a good moral standard.
0: So... How do you do that if you have a population of some percentage of voters who have either no moral fiber themselves or who are looking for a savior because they feel disenfranchised, coupled with people that knowingly vote for a person that they know is sketchy, but they do it in their own self-interest. And the combination of those two groups of people is, a, is enough to get somebody elected. Do we get rid of on the electoral my, college is that one way to do a no, popular vote
1: On my op- most optimistic day I would say that I think enough people have learned their lesson from this president that we will do better in the future that doesn't mean okay. that it doesn't mean that there won't be people pu- voting for crazy candidates mm-hmm. and won't be just voting out of frustration Right but I think people are going to take a little bit more measured view of what what should happen When when it all, dust all settles on this, when Trump is gone, whether that be in a year from now or or five years from now, I, I, I don't think the history books are going to write a very good story of him. And I think people are going to, even people that supported him are going to say, yeah, it was not a great choice.
0: Okay. I wish I was that optimistic.
1: There you go. There you go. That's what I I'll took say. my optimism pill this morning. Yeah, you morning took your optimism
0: pill, and I took my, <clears throat> what the fuck is wrong with Mike pill. No, right. <laughs> so, so I came to Asheville, and this is the first time I've taken my podcast on the road. And I packed all my gear up and put it in a box, nice and neat, and and had the box secured between my netting of, in my trunk and my golf club so that it wouldn't jostle around a lot on the road. Drove up here, um, left it in the car overnight, and probably shouldn't have done that because it may may or may not have gotten overheated. Um, tried to get it connected. Couldn't get it to work. Couldn't get it to work. Finally tried all four USB ports. And for some reason, one of the USB ports works and the other ones didn't. Uh, reloaded the software. Did all kinds of crazy shit. Put it, the computer in the refrigerator for a little bit to try to cool it off, even though it wasn't that hot. Because the fan still hasn't really come on. Anyway, long story short, it was kind of an arduous thing. I also had a couple other people besides Mike that were supposed to be potential... People to interview, not because I don't love Mike, but because interviewing Mike is like interviewing myself. I mean, we are the same person. Even where we differ, like on Saturday Night Live, I knew what the answer was. So I mean, there's not much to talk about. You know, we just kind of reinforce our each other's beliefs, or we don't talk about anything at all, other than beer and good-looking girls walking by the beer, the place where that we're drinking beer at, or watching live music downtown and side boob, side boob, man. (laughs) So we're in Asheville. I can, I think I can tell this story. And if I can't, well, fuck it. I'm going to tell it anyway. So we're we're in downtown Nashville last night, and there's a young woman, not super young, not Jeffrey Epstein young, but I mean, probably I'd say 25, 30. 30. Yeah. The only thing creepy about that is that's our kids' age. But Mm. anyway, we'll just keep moving. So she had a jumpsuit on. Uh, You know who you are if you're listening. Yes. They had a beige tan (laughs) jumpsuit on, solid color, and a creepy boyfriend. So, if he's listening, please don't come and shoot me. She had no underwear on anywhere. Top or bottom. And
1: and quite an open back.
0: And quite an open back. Yes. Yes.
1: Open and, to the side. And open
0: sides. Right. And that's all we'll say. But uh, So, that was uh, fun to watch until she started making out with her boyfriend. And then it was kind of gross. It
1: made us feel, I don't know, make you feel old or make you feel young?
0: Uh, made
1: me want to be young.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean… It's so weird. I mean, it's like when when I think about Andrea. Okay, this is quite a turn. So when I think about my relationship with Andrea, and I think about that stuff, you know, it um, relationships are so much fucking work, you know, and even you know, and I don't, and nobody knows what goes on in anybody else's relationships, but I've never, I don't think I'm unique in the fact that relationships are tough, mm-hmm. and even relationships with friends, neighbors, you know, the mm-hmm. thing about the 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 eight day limit yes discussion which we won't have on this podcast you know it's kind of a funny story maybe the next time we do one so I mean it's it's it, I just I'm not interested I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm just flat out not interested because there's going to be some even if it was you know casual sex with somebody there would be some level of relationship mm. maintenance or interaction and it's like it's just too hard it's just too much too hard. yeah it's just too much effort yeah you know, it's just too much effort. That's what uh you know that's what lubricating gel and porn yeah. are for, you know? There's no absolutely no you know, I have no porn star unlike the president, I've no porn stars um, in your closet? Interact, interacting in your closet. interacting with me. So so there you go. That was try. a good night.
1: It was a good night in Nashville. Yeah, it was a, it was a good night. It was fun. pretty good. Yeah. Crowd watching was fun. Yeah,
0: came home, watched the final parts of the sunset at your yeah. neighbor's house. It was very nice. And uh it was it was pretty nice. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this uh, podcast up. I wanted you guys to meet Mike. Mike's a great guy.
1: Podcast on the road.
0: Super smart. My first podcast on the road. Coming to a city near you. Just invite me. I've got viewers allegedly all over the world. Apparently, I'm very popular in Mexico. And uh, just send me an email. Send me a message, and I'll pack up my stuff and I'll come to a podcast. You take a turn. Yeah. Yep. We will. We talk will talk in turns, and, and the talk will take a turn. All right, everybody. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your time. You're welcome, George. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talkin' Turns. Music's been provided by Mr. Scruffy. Some photography's been provided by photographs by Andrea. Please visit our website at www.talkinturns.com. That's www.tlaknturns.com. Talking Turns is copyrighted. Any use of this material requires the expressed written consent of George Knapp. Opinions expressed on talking turns are solely those of the speaking participants. These opinions do not in any way reflect the beliefs or opinions of our sponsors, associates, employers, or other individuals associated with this broadcast. Again, thanks for listening and be kind to yourself.